Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I have another guest for you today, and I'm excited about this because, first of all, we just had a ton of fun chit-chatting, but also because this was kind of a requested topic. Some of you may know that our national convention just recently happened, and a lot of people went, and then also a lot of people didn't even know it happened or that a national convention for Girl Scouts is a thing. So everybody who didn't go wants to know, what the heck is convention? What the heck happens at convention? And how was convention this year? So we have a convention attendee today who's going to talk a little bit about her experience. But let's start at the beginning. Please, my dear guest, tell me about you, where you're from, and what your role is with Girl Scouts. Uh, my name is Vanessa Lane, and I'm with uh, Northern California Council. We call it affectionately known as GS NorCal. Um, I'm a parent of a cadet a co-leader of a multi-level troop and a service unit volunteer for Richardson Bay, which is just across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. That's awesome. And how long have you been associated with your troop? And like, is it a single level troop, multi-level troop? How big is the troop? Tell me a little bit about the troop side. Well, we actually, it's, <laughs> it's a tiny troop. We actually just transferred into this troop the troop that my daughter was in before only met once a month and we just moved to a new area and I really wanted to get her involved with girls in our community. And so that just wasn't enough for us. And we just wanted to do more Girl Scout stuff. So we just came to this new troop and the other troop leader of that troop is also a volunteer for service unit. And we hit it off and have been working together. So it just made sense logistically because we already spent so much time together. So that said, I'm brand new. The troop has been around for a few years, but, you know, uh, they lost girls. And so they were only two and now, now we're three, but we're, we're looking for more girls. Oh, and the it's cadet, it's a sixth, seventh and, or sixth, eighth and ninth grader right now. Okay. So okay. cadets and seniors. Mm -hmm. Got it. I, what I love about this is that you mentioned that you were part of a troop that was meeting once a month. And now what you were looking for is to be more active. And I think it's important to talk about the fact that it can look like both things as girls get older. There are girls and families who want to stay really involved. And there are girls who want to step back, but don't want to lose the connection of Girl Scouts. And like both ways are correct. And we talk all the time about older girl retention. And one of the things that I've stressed and that other guests have stressed on here is that making it accessible to girls to participate at varying degrees of involvement as they get older. But I think it's really cool that as you and your daughter are moving up in the Girl Scout ranks that you want to stay more involved. That's really neat. Tell me about the service team side. So what what kind of stuff are you involved with at the like service unit level? So our service unit team is a lot of dedicated, wonderful women who have been, you know, volunteers for many, many years. Some of like, I think we have one volunteer who's been there with Girl Scouts for 60 years, I want to say. We have really an amazing team, but most of them are not as in either transitioning from active roles and more, you know, just at, at, in an advisory level. So that's why we needed more primary volunteers. So we just had one, an LSM retire uh, leader support manager, which I think is, it, they have different names in different councils, but sort of the head of our service unit just stepped down. And so she's moving out of the area. And so 
we needed more people. So did that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, has your girl been in Girl Scouts the whole, like since Daisy's or how long have you guys been involved? So no, she hasn't. We, the school she was at didn't have any girl. It didn't have any Girl Scouts. And when she started kindergarten and we have a child with autism. So at the time he needed a lot of support. And, you know, since then he has many other extracurricular activities, but at the time he had so many things going on that we didn't really have time for extra activities. So we didn't push it or start anything. And then when, um, when Anya got to second grade, I thought, well, I really want her to be a Girl Scout. (laughs) It's time to be a Brownie. So then I did have the time in my work schedule to like take her to another, another school to be part of the troop. So we started when she was in second grade and she did second and third grade and then things sort of fell apart for that troop. And then we did, and then there was the pandemic and I was like, well, you don't have to do, (laughs) there's not, there's nothing going on. So I'm not going to push for finding another troop. But then when we moved to Mill Valley, which is in Marin County, uh, we wanted her where I wanted her to find new friends here. And we, and we just happened to live down the street from Scout Hall, which is pretty awesome. So I would see it every day and thought, we want to be reconnected. So we started again, and she was in fifth grade. So she missed a couple years. Ooh, what is Scout Hall? Scout Hall. We have our own, like this adorable little building that's actually been renovated and is like a lovely building for events. We share it with the Boy Scouts. And yeah, we are, we are able to use it. We have an office there. They have an office there as well. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. We have our own event space that sounds that isn't fun. always available to us. Like it's rented out to support it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, that sounds fun. And I want one. Okay. Were you <laughs> a Girl Scout as a child? And for, if so, for how long, and what is one of your favorite memories is a girl member? I was a Girl Scout from second to, I think, eighth grade, seventh or eighth. I'm not even sure, but I know I made it to cadet. My favorite memory is with my, like my, our strongest troop was my Brownie troop. I'm, I moved in between there, but I'm still friends with like a lot of my Brownie friends. My best friend was in my Brownie troop. Her mom was our leader with a couple other people that I don't remember, but I I'm friends at least on Facebook with probably 10 of them, which is super cool. Uh, and I, we just had a brownie bunch sleepover <laughs> uh, with my best friend and her other best friend who was in our brownie troop. So that was pretty cool. That's so, so cool. Our, my, my family. No. So that's my newest favorite memory. But my other favorite memory is our first camp out with our parents and how fun and awkward that was <laughs> to bring together. Like, uh, like looking back as an adult to see how the parents were so different. And I think my dad was like, can we drink beer when they go to sleep? (laughs) Totally. Okay. That is so funny. Obviously like these days that would be such a like ludicrous thing to think. Right. But I guess in the seventies, it was like, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Right. Okay. Even in the, no, even, well, that's good. Even in the nineties, like (laughs) I'm totally outing my troop leaders, not my mom. My mom was my original troop leader. And then she's, she stepped back and was like, 
a support volunteer slash she did like nuts and cookies at different you know different seasons um she mainly did the nuts she was the nut the she, my mom was nuts <laughs> but she she is not an outdoorsy person she does not she does not do camping she's not that she's just she's just not cut out for it it's she's not cut from that cloth the troop leaders who took over for my troop they literally used to say they begged my mom they'd be like please you should come it's so fun the girls go to bed and we drink like they literally did say that and that was in the 90s so <laughs> the early 90s yeah that is funny yeah so that was, that, my, that that was like- my adult support system so <laughs> i'm just saying it's not crazy it wasn't crazy in the past i mean i think it's ludicrous that my mom continued to let me go after that <laughs> but after she found I, I'm out. here to tell the tale. So it worked out. So my favorite memory of that, we we went on a snipe hunt, which was, you know, of course, really fun. And the big surprise at the end that they didn't exist was like one girl cried because she was so upset that they tricked us. <laughs> um, uh-huh. The s'mores were super exciting because at the time that wasn't like, that wasn't a thing that you would just do at home. You would never do that pretty much unless you went camping and my family went camping, but we didn't, we didn't have s'mores really all the time. So that was really exciting. So I think that was my mom's funny story about that camp out as an adult was that she remembers my dad saying, can we drink beer after the kids go to sleep? And the other dad, some of the other dads were like, Oh my gosh, goody, goody. There's going to be s'mores, you know, just the difference of parents. <laughs> the range <laughs> of the troop. Yeah, we had, we had a great time. And I think that's the only time that I can recall my parents going, my dad was a camper and my mom wasn't. So it was cool to have them both there. So that, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what's one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? And I would count as a Girl Scout mom. (laughs) I don't think it's one moment. I think for me as someone who's been in education, someone who's been a teacher and depended on volunteers, I think that my proudest moment is that I keep showing up. And that, you know, even when sometimes I can't sustain it for whatever season of my life that I keep coming back and keep supporting in the ways that I'm able. So I th- I think that's, that's a weird, I, is that a weird answer? But I, that's, no, I, of course not. That would be really important to me in my classroom and for something that I was involved in. I, so yeah, that's what I think. And I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Great. I was going to ask. And I'm also proud of the example that I'm giving my daughter of serving the community and being connected to other women and girls. And although she may not see it now, (laughs) I think it's a good example. Yeah, totally. She definitely will see it one day. So I totally agree with that. So other than conventions, we'll get into that in a second. What is one of the coolest adventures or experiences you slash you and your daughter have gotten to do with Girl Scouts? I would say in our new service unit, we've had opportunities to do community outreach. So I've I've just been appointed as the membership support manager. And in that role, we just started like really recruiting in earnest and being more involved in the community and showing up in ways that they haven't been able to in years past because of the pandemic or different volunteer um, volunteer schedules. So we did a couple events where we did a community camp out, which our, our town puts on, and also a 
Family Fun Fest, which is supposed to be community organizations that work with children and families and they show up and they're, and they do like touch a truck. And so just getting involved in the community that that's been super fun. And just the, we, of course we did a make and take and just meeting families in our, like really meeting people in our community and telling them that, you know, Girl Scouts look, can look like, you know, not just camping and cookies, but we also have adult or adults volunteers and we have girls who are in high school and they're doing amazing things. And that that's just really cool. Absolutely. And you had a big adventure this year, traveling all the way from Northern California to Florida for national convention. So can you describe from your experience, and I understand, obviously, you're not a representative of convention, but from your experience, how would you describe to somebody what convention even is? Well, I've only been to one. So I know that from the Facebook groups that I'm in, that they can look very different. So I can only speak to this specific one, but in you, you probably know more about the convention, the sessions with the delegates than I do. I don't really know about that governing body very much. I, I love the idea of girl delegates and adult, you know, service unit delegates, but I, so I, we didn't go to that piece. We were, we were at the Disney parks during that time. The part that we went to was the convention you know, it was opening, closing ceremony. And then there was a hall of experiences and there were other areas of like sort of breakouts where there were things for adults and things for girls. And then there were places to connect and do, you know, songs, you know, sing along. What I'm hearing you say is that there's kind of two sides to it. There's like a business side to it. And then like, the fun stuff. And fun is relative, right? We all have different definitions of fun. Totally, totally fair. Um, But as far as like the structure of it, there's like the business side and the fun side. And I have never attended a convention, but I have attended like annual meeting. And I think that's kind of like similar on a council level as far and like smaller as far as the business side of it is like, I think, and if you're listening to this and you were a delegate or you had that experience, please come on the podcast. But I think it's uh, essentially a way to describe it is that as a business model, there's like a organizational, like constitutional document, there's bylaws, there's, you know, like regulations and this and that. And and so as members, in order for our voices to be represented in those things, and it's not just like being decided by like staff members or board members only. They have delegates from all over the country that are both adults and girls who can then like vote on the different measures that are up for debate or whatever. And they're also like, they get to witness the discussion and you can kind of see like that sort of almost legislative body environment. So if you have girls that are really interested in that, or if you as an adult are really interested in that, that might be an avenue that you're interested in at convention. But that's not all convention is, at least not anymore. Um, Maybe when convention was created, that might have been like pretty much the point. But now there's also all of these other reasons why you might want to attend convention. And the other stuff is what it sounds like you really want to do. Does that kind of summarize? It does. I I don't know that I I think that calling this the second piece, the fun piece, maybe, (laughs) maybe that's what I should have seen it as. (laughs) I thought I was going to learn so much more about Girl Scouts, how to run a troop, how to work as a service unit volunteer. And 
that my daughter was going to see firsthand or meet girls doing amazing things, Girl Scouts doing amazing things. And so while mm, it was inspiring, yeah, so I, I come, I have an education background. I was a, an early childhood educator and director for many, many years. And so I'm used to conferences. And so I think that was part of my issue. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. There are, there's more education in years past, but I didn't distinguish conference from convention. So I thought I was going there. Like I just went to a summit or our council summit. It was amazing. There were tons of more workshops than I could possibly go to that. I wanted to learn all these things and all these opportunities. I learned a ton of things. I thought it was going to be like that. There were workshops. It wasn't a primary focus, but there were plenty of fun things to do. Don't get me wrong. There no, were I think this is so really many cool things in the hall of experiences. So in the hall of experiences, AKA the exhibit hall, Every vendor or they weren't all vendors, but most of them were vendors had to have like a hands-on activity. Well, in my education life, a conference would have the same, but we didn't call it a hall of experiences. We've just called that marketing. (laughs) Like adults know that they're selling us things, right? So that, yeah, that part was a little bit like, okay, well, now that we've been marketed to like, where's the meat? right? Because you're just doing like a five minute activity. You're not really learning much or gaining much depending on the booth. There were some booths that did really more cool experiences. Like the, the WAGS group did some really, or was it the world, the world? Okay. The world center, like they gave us background and they made us do an escape room and you had to do like, you learned a lot through the activity. So that was much different, but in general, it was like here, make something. And then get a patch. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Okay. I think so. It, it is interesting. So one of the things that we were talking about before we hit record is that this convention was heavily impacted by the pandemic, right? It was supposed to be in 2020. And then obviously everything that was supposed to be in 2020 just went virtual <laughs> slash was postponed. So the Florida convention, like the location being in Florida, because the location moves each time, that convention moved to 2023. They did like a business. I think they pretty much just did business. So that definitely influenced, obviously, it happening, what it looked like, the planning opportunity. And, you know, there's just been so many changes and so much unknown, as we all know, for the past three years that it definitely definitely was impacted by that and so maybe someone who's been to multiple conventions like you said in the groups might be able to kind of shed some light on oh normally it's more like you were hoping it would be or expecting it to be but or maybe they would say no shift what you were actually thinking that it is so i'm with you about conference versus convention that's like an, a really interesting topic of discussion in my opinion i love pre-pandemic sarah loved live events like i love love attending live events and conferences and conventions are so fun conferences tend to be like you take 
a notebook or two. You're going to fill it. You're going to take so many notes. You're going to meet so many people. You're probably going to exchange like business cards with people if you're into that kind of thing. And, or at least you're going to exchange information with people. The exhibition hall is usually more like vendors and they, like you said, are selling stuff and going around to like learn about maybe different resources or something like that. And then it is training, training, panel discussions, thought leadership, like that's what the breakouts are. And then I feel like conventions tend to be more like, I think of like Comic-Con, right? And that kind of thing, or like all of the things that fall under that umbrella of like fan conventions, where it's like an opportunity to kind of show up, dress up, meet other people who like the same thing you like, kind of participate in sort of some of the, whatever the traditional opportunities are in the fandom, maybe to get to meet people who are significant in the community so like maybe an opportunity to hear from the girl scout ceo or whatever and um and i feel like in my experience with like conventions the kind of vendor hall is usually more like buying merch buying art maybe but it's like yeah it's more fan based it's like more photo opportunities and things like that which is just a little bit of a different thought. And it's funny because I had never, I had never really thought that I not, okay, how do I say this? I would be interested in going to convention if it was convenient, but traveling 3000 miles to go to convention and spending thousands of dollars to go to convention, to go to Florida from Arizona was not, especially without having a girl with me. If I had a girl with me, I'd have more interest, but like Going to that and spending that kind of money to me felt like less of a priority to just go celebrate loving Girl Scouts, which I do online with you guys every day. Like that's just what my life is. I don't really have to go to convention to do that. So I don't I could go back and give you the highlights because I don't want to focus on there were plenty of highlights too, but we're mm-hmm. just getting to the the challenges of of the trip. Yeah. We're getting to those first just just I think it's important. I think it's important to like set the expectation of what it actually is if people are thinking about wanting to attend. But yeah, what is it actually? So we talked about what it's what it, at least what this one wasn't. Whether other ones maybe were a little bit more like that, but this one wasn't like that. So what was it? So okay, I, let me just like walk through a little bit. Like so, you get to the hotel, or you know, you get to to the convention site. And in this case, the hotel, right? Convention center. Um, and you re- go in a super, super, super long registration line. Um, and that that took forever. So that was the first night that uh, most people came was on the opening ceremonies. Like nobody wanted to miss that, right? So there, I think there were 10,000 people there, which is wow. insane, right? So 10,000 Girl Scout adults, staff, and parents, you know, they were all Girl Scouts. So 10,000 Girl Scouts essentially in a room, in a, you know, giant ballroom, convention center room, almost all dressed in uniform. We were requested to dress in full uniform. And if not, you know, some kids or groups just came off out of the car, you know, after a six hour trip. So they were wearing t-shirts or whatever, but it was just so inspiring to see that itself. Just, you know, what a, amazing group of girls and women that we are and how, how many, this is just the people that made it right. Like it's, it was really impressive and really inspiring. And then they did an amazing job with the opening ceremony. It was 
it was entertaining. It was inspiring. It, you know, obviously they have Disney to work with. So the production value is pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. The keynote speaker, they, so they had, I think the CEO talk first, but I missed that because I was get, trying to get bus tickets for my daughter for the Epcot <laughs> education piece. And then they, the keynote person from Disney was actually just the most appropriate inspiring person for girls and adults. She was just absolutely perfect. And I can tell you like the highlights of her, her uh, address, but because I just think they're so perfect for a group for, for Girl Scouts, but I don't know if they will make that available somewhere. Like I hope there's, I know that in the Facebook groups, you can read, you can see it like volunteers have taped, you know, uh, recorded it on their phones. (laughs) So I, I don't know what the issues are with that, but you can find it. And if you, you need to find it, I can, I can get you there. But that was just so, abs- I mean, I, I wept, like it was incredible. So, and I just want to give credit to the, my Facebook friends in our convention group that let's see, Narissa Casanova and then Teresa Wright, they put these things, they put up videos and some of the, you know, the highlights of this from the, and I took these from the notes. So, uh, so the, the keynote speaker was Susan Egan and I can't totally remember exactly what she did, but she started off as a musical theater actress and, you know, she went through like how she was challenged as a young person and she kept going and then she made it to Broadway and then she became, you know, a, you know, a famous Broadway actress and, and now she's a producer and she's just incredible. And she's also a brownie leader. So she's a hundred percent perfect for us, right? Her message. So her message to girls and adults was dream big. Like no, no dream is too big. You know, don't play small. Don't, you know, and then haters are going to hate and don't be one of them. Uh, Make your own luck. The coolest quote she said was opportunity meets preparedness. So just like be ready for like the opportunity is coming to you, but be prepared, which is super cool. And in conjunction with that was keep your eyes peeled because dreams come true in surprising ways. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting like a little choked up. Just Aww. remembering it. It was so, it's just amazing. But, and the other thing, the last thing that she said among many other, but she said, um, bring others with you. Like once you get there, be the one that creates opportunities for others. And I was just, so inspired by that because um that's what we do for each other and so many of us have gone through so many things and we still keep showing up like hardships illnesses you know divorces deaths and families like all of us go through the things that life brings us and we can rely on girl scouts to to bring you know to support us through those things it's really kind of incredible and of course you know in a girl's lifetime like the things that she's going through, right? Puberty, social issues with friends, like your Girl Scout sisters can help and your leaders can help you through those things, right? Like life's event. And of course, celebrate all the wonderful things as well. But yeah, it just, it was so moving. And she was an incredible singer too. (laughs) That sounds so fun. I actually was thinking that when you started this and you were like, oh, everybody wanted to be there for like the opening ceremony. And what I was thinking like, Okay. And I mean this with love. So if you're listening, please don't be offended. But why? Like, what is it? And I think this is what I need to hear is like, what are the reasons why 
you would absolutely not want to miss this. Like this is such a cool event and such a special experience. And so thank you so much for sharing. Like this already sounds so cool. So, and then what next? So are, you're saying for, in terms of why, why would somebody want to go to the opening ceremony or the convention at all? Just the whole thing, just the whole thing. Like, cause just when you started off with describing the opening ceremony, you had said like, like that's, that was a part everybody was there for and 10,000, they ended up with like 10,000 attendees. And, and I'm thinking like, what would make not just the opening ceremony, but the whole thing, like what would make this event a must, a must attend for 10,000 of us to be there. And already, as you're describing, like seeing all the people in uniform and all these, uh, you know, this, all these amazing, like volunteers and girls, and then this like awesome uh, this keynote speaker, but they had several speakers, right? So like, I'm just excited. I'm just excited listening to you. And there's like, that's just the beginning, right? So, so tell us more. What else? What else happened? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, the rest of that, there were, you know, there was a girl, I can't remember her last name, Temple, who she did. She's a girl entrepreneur, Girl Scout, who created like a STEM program in a box. And she was one of the MCs. So she was awesome. Then we, they had that girl, Lele, who I didn't know. I think she, she's a, a kid star and a rapper. And she, you know, a lot of girls really came to see her. Uh, she appealed to, you know, the younger set of girls. I think just in general, like the whole thing is what it's so validating to know and depending on where you are in your Girl Scout journey, in your how active your service unit is, if how if your troop is waxing and waning or whatever, like having the just the validation that what you're doing is amazing and all these other people are there too. And of course, there are the people, the veteran people, there are the people like the um CEO was incredible. And then the, the citrus council is the council that hosted it. So they didn't organize. I heard that. I think it was organized by GSUSA. And then that council was the host and they were amazing and just so helpful. So cheerful. There were like many like issues with, it was super hot and people, you know, it was hot. There were tons of lines because there were so many people. Like, I don't think they really got that they were going to have that many people. I don't know, but they were so wonderful. They were absolutely wonderful. So that was really nice. Just feeling welcome in Orlando, like Girl Scouts, you know, just like the, we only stayed on the property, but just feeling so welcomed by the every, you know, thousands of people. That was really cool. Yeah. And just, and, and having the opportunity to see Girl Scouts, you know, in Disney, Disney world and Epcot and wherever, you know, just recognizing like, oh, we're, we're associated, you know, we're in that club. <laughs> so that was really, yeah. Cool. Like a takeover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious too, because one of the things that you had mentioned was about at like a kind of more work conference oriented situation adults we like anticipate that we're going to be sold to was there anything that you felt like you were being like upsold or convinced of were they talking about the next convention like was there any kind of sales element to it not from the girl scouts at all but i mean we had already paid a lot of money right and i assumed 
paying for, you know, not a one day, but a three day and a, or a five day like that. I assume we, we did three days for me. It wasn't that huge of a hardship. We had some support from the family, but for, I can see for a lot, like if girls worked all year for this, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like that would be really hard. There was an amazing opening ceremony. Like I said, the closing ceremony was 23 minutes. That was really disappointing because it was 23 minutes and they didn't announce where, you know, we dressed up again in the heat and dressed up in our full uniforms looking cute. I think they sang like two songs and said, oh, we're going to that. And they they didn't announce the location, right? Like so many people were like, where is it going to be next? And I guess traditionally they have always announced the next location at the closing ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. So people stayed and they said the announcement was specifically... So, you know, we're going to announce the new location by the end of the year. And everyone was like, what? So, yeah, that was really weird. It sounds like they had definitely some additional like behind the scenes complications that impacted some of those kind of experiential elements like that, like the closing ceremony, maybe, but definitely plans for the next one. Um, but I'm curious, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where it ends up being and what the plan ends up being. And, um, hopefully I can go, I mean, it's interesting. Well, overall, I I mean, I'll definitely go again, especially if it's more affordable, if it's closer to home, because that was, that was big for us. I mean, they just really needed to bookend it with a more uplifting message, right? It was just sort of like, bye, thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. And the first, like, I mean, I teared up just thinking about that opening ceremony. So yes. like they didn't have to do a lot because they were already, you know, like by that time we were like, okay, the hard stuff is over. We are, you know, we're just glad to be together. And all these people were there and it was such a like missed opportunity, I think. But I, I have no idea what happened. I, I don't know. Maybe a speaker didn't it's show up. I don't know. Oh, it seemed like a oh, really would, short period of time. Interesting. That would be terrible. That would be really sad. That's that's interesting. Did you have the program schedule ahead of time or did you, how did you know what was happening? We did. There was an app and there was also a email sent out about what, you know, the agenda was, but it didn't, it certainly didn't say it was going to be 20 minutes. I think it said at least an hour, if not more, but I, you know, I didn't expect a lot. I just expected a little more substance, but yeah, we did. We had an app and we had you know, emails that told us what was going on. I think it was available on the website as well. Okay. Okay. And did you know, you know, were there certain things that you were like, I want to see this specific speaker or like this topic, or was it just sort of like, this is where to be and when, and it just kind of is whatever it is. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, They did tell you what was going on in different rooms the main hall was the exhibit hall, which was the vendors. The girls did have a room where, and I can't remember what it was called, but there was one where they could talk to Girl Scout volunteers about, you know, maybe a bronze award, working on higher awards, like sort of areas where it was girls only and adults only. And that was kind of cool. But uh, for me, because I didn't have more girls to sort of go with her, she wasn't really, she didn't want to do it by herself. There was a little bit more for the girls, which is nice, but I don't know that it was girls were made aware of it enough to take advantage of it because there didn't seem to be a critical mass. Like there was one where they had one room, they had different career mentors that would chat with you about different careers. 
And that I thought that was super cool. I think they were like 12 people and you could go in and you could pick three people you wanted to talk to and have like an inner inner informational interview with them. And that was cool. But I don't think that many people knew about it. I like I made my daughter go to it. But I thought there was going to be more Girl Scout tradition in it as well. So after the formal opening ceremony, there was songs after dark or singing after dark, something like that. And I was super excited for that because I wanted to have like my Girl Scout moment, you know, sort of like where adults become Girl Scouts and singing around a campfire or whatever. They did have that. And it was so popular that they quickly filled the little room that they had. And it was inside, which, you know, I don't know if there would have been a way to do it outside with a fire, which would have been perfect. Right. But even if there was just a lawn, we could have all gone out too. then there would have been a room for everyone and just sort of more organic than everyone sitting in a convention room. So anyway, that the first night it was packed. So we didn't even get to go. Cause I thought this is, you know, songs lift spirits and unite people. I thought that was going to, you know, really bring us into the fold a little bit and make us more comfortable with other people that we didn't know yet. Um, but like I said, there was not, there wasn't enough room. So it quickly was just like a fire hazard, <laughs> which is awesome that it was, you know, overflowing with people that wanted to sing the next night they got a bigger room, but it was still, it was full. And, you know, sort of the momentum was lost for, for us, but I was like, that would have been yeah, so I'm- nice if, if we had something to retire to. And it, it could have been, you know, even it just like, if it was a girl led thing, yeah, you know, like a scavenger hunt or something yeah. cute for them to do together. Right. I sure they're high school girls that could have led that. I bet that there was a bigger turnout than anticipated from the standpoint of people really particularly craving the in-person experiences coming out of so much quarantine, so much virtual, so much postponed in general, like in the world, craving those in-person experiences, especially having missed an entire convention season. So like then all of this demand probably created a little unexpected chaos. Like they couldn't necessarily use what they anticipated from previous years because we are in a whole new world post pandemic. I wonder. Yeah, it could be. That's so interesting though. It sounds like like really good opportunity though. And that maybe not a hundred percent of the experience like hit expectations, but that some really, really cool, meaningful memories and also a lot of opportunity, like potential that this has the potential to be really, really incredible. And everybody's experience is going to be different depending on the group you travel with and what it costs you and what you're interested in and and whatever. But also the year, year by year, it's just going to be like different um, because different people are planning it. The girls on the girl committee are going to be different. The attendees are going to be different. The speakers are going to be different. Like it's just going to be a little bit different of an experience each year. Also what city it's in would definitely vary because even, you know, you mentioned Chicago, like the experience of going to visit Chicago is going to be different than the experience of visiting Disney. Like that's totally going to feel, you know, like like what else there is to do when while you're at convention um, is going to look different. So each year might be kind of different. I'm curious to hear the location for the next one. So as far as you know, it hasn't been announced yet, right? No, it hasn't. Because um, I yeah. was just going to so, confidently I mean, uh, say like, oh, I can't wait for it to be announced. And I was like, I mean, I technically it could have been. <laughs> I don't think 
think so. I mean, I'm still in, there's a, a convention. They changed the name of one of our Facebook groups to like, to, to be, you know, instead of being 2023, it was like 2026 so that we're gearing up for the next one and they haven't, you know, and it says TBD. It doesn't say. Oh yeah. What on the website, in, so it still says. I'm sure that will be, <laughs> that will yeah. be, everybody will be chatting about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, part of it was, I just had no idea what to expect. Um, and I think from what I heard in rumor, not, you not rumors, but, you know, on Facebook from people who have different resources, they were constrained by Disney mm. regulations as well. So, you know, obviously Disney's pretty strict about what happens where it is and it's for very, sure. very expensive. So I'm sure they could, didn't have all the space they needed. We probably took over a more, what could have been meeting space with just being, you know, so big. Right. So, because they had to have like a hall to hold us all, they couldn't quickly turn those into breakout rooms or whatever. I mean, there are mm. probably a, a number of things that happened that because it was at Disney, we weren't able to do very, but interesting. because it was at Disney, a lot of people came, which sure. is the point of competing. Yes. Right? And girls <laughs> like a reason to send girls, because I think um, getting adults to attend when it's in any given city would be easier because adults go to things like conferences and conventions, but to make it appealing for kids, I mean, what could be more appealing for kids than it being at Disney? Right. Exactly. Like, of course you would go. Yeah, that that is really interesting. And obviously we want girls to attend. Like that's part of what would make it really a meaningful experience. And um, I mean, part of the reason I do this podcast for adults only is because everything Girl Scouts does is really intended for the girls. But the adults, like, we need experiences too. But I can see that um, wanting to make the convention more about the girls is important. I mean, the girls are the membership, right? So it's just interesting. Yeah, but they can't also... They, without us, without the volunteers, I mean, we can't grow it. We can't maintain it. I mean, you know this, we can't sustain it. Totally. And so getting us together and, but then the, the networking piece is the piece that was missing for me. And I don't know if other people had different opportunities, but as a single person, I, you know, I chatted with a lot of like some of the vendors or, you know, like Savannah was there and I don't know different thing, different resources that were made available. So, I mean, I did chat with a lot of people, but mostly it wasn't other Girl Scouts and I really, Girl Scout volunteers, I really wanted to learn from them because there's, we have phenomenal volunteers that have so much to share, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. So I, I have, I know we have been like talking for a really long time. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I'm curious what you would say, your tips are after having been once, right? When you go back or if you were to go back or if somebody was to go for the first time, what are some like major tips or suggestions or strategies or whatever, however you want to think of it? What are, what are some of your best tips for somebody who might want to attend for the first time? What are the need to knows? <laughs> well, I guess it would, you know, to manage your expectations in terms of, you know, what, what are your what are you hoping to get out of it? Right. And it, that depends if you're going with a group of adults, if you're going mainly for your tr troop, if, you know, if your girls have worked all year to go to it, depending on where it is, right. That would make a huge difference. Or if you're a delegate, obviously that you would have a different expectation. I, I hope that I think joining a Facebook group is ideal because then you get the advantage of people who have been in, in the past 
and the wealth of knowledge of all the people, you know, the different people on there and all their different experiences. And people are more, maybe way more connected to whatever council is hosting and have more information. So I think that's huge. I would say definitely don't miss the opening ceremony. Like that, honestly, for me, like that, that was like worth the thousands of dollars to tell the truth, right? Like it was so moving. I wanted it to be more, but you know, it wasn't like, I don't regret going at all, but you know, I also tell, you know, you'll have many more opportunities for those kinds of things to happen. Right. Yet don't miss that. Encourage girls to wear wear their full uniform because, and yourself to, you know, we, everybody was in all this, this sea of Navy and with green accents was just really, really lovely. The more you get immersed in it, the more rewarding it will be. Just I, I, to read the materials that they send you, that that is really helpful. I think may I would have, next time I will write out what I hope to do. This is what I used to do with conferences and stuff, but I didn't, you know, just sort of was like, well, we'll do whatever Anya wants to do because I wanted to like follow, you know, girl led, but also just wanted her to really enjoy it. And, you know, when she wanted me to hang back or whatever. So I think planning it with your troop or your girl to manage both of your expectations because my daughter really didn't know, like she's never been to a conference. She doesn't know what to expect and she's kind of shy. So 10,000 people to her was a totally different experience than it was for me. So that I think that would be huge is, you know, looking at the agenda and planning what you're going to do each day and what your priorities are for those days. Um, Yeah. I think those are the big ones and to stay as close to the convention as possible. I think it's worth the money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All really good, really good feedback um, and ideas. So I love this. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me for a while today and chatting about Oh, this, you're so welcome. Sharing your experience. It's been really fun to meet you. And also thank you for everything that you do for girls and volunteers in your area. And to you listening, I hope that this was interesting and helpful. And, you know, if you're not in the Facebook group, join our Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. There's a that's the page. There's a button there to join the group. Um, if you're not on Facebook, you can email me directly at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. And I would be happy to hear from you and chat with you. And um, once again, thank you so much, Vanessa. Really, really appreciate your time. And we'll see you right here next week. 